Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. I'm Bernie Lucas. This segment of Community is about that dreaded DMV topic, transportation, with our transportation expert, John Townsend from AAA Mid-Atlantic. Good to see you, John. Great being with you, Bernie, and great seeing you. Um, we love traffic, don't we? We do. <laughs> You know, it's interesting you put it that way because it so shapes our lives. Mm -hmm. If you think about the amount of hours we spend each year being stuck in traffic, and it is 155 hours a year that we lose being stuck in traffic, and that's more than four weeks of vacation time, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, so 80 and 80 is 160. So, at least when I learned math, (laughs) it was. Yeah. And the laws of mathematics are immutable, so it will still be, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So if you're losing 155 hours a year being stuck in traffic, the easiest way to equate it is to think of it as vacation time or as a work week. Yeah. So the average person would work 40 hours a week. That would be in two weeks, that's 80. And then you look at the 155. That's an inordinate amount of time. And then on top of that, Bernie, the cost of being stuck in all that congestion is costing each one of us between $1,500 and $2,100 a piece. That's on average, and that is the amount of wasted gasoline that we're burning while the cars sit idling in traffic. And here's another thing to think about. If you live in the Washington metro area, particularly if you live in the state of Maryland, you have the second longest commute in the entire United States. That's mm-hmm. hard to believe. Yeah. Because when you think about the amount of time it takes to commute to work, we spend more than 32 minutes per day going just one way. Yeah. So when you look at it, that's almost an hour and 15 minutes a day that we're stuck in traffic. And that's average, Bernie. That's the average person. So that means that there are many more of us who spend even more time than 32 minutes a day, one way, going to work. And it is a top-of-the-mind subject matter. It works on our psyche. It impacts our physical health. And just think about all the time we could be spending with our family, friends, and loved ones, or doing hobbies, or doing things that we enjoy, going to a movie. Those are squandered hours and you can never get that 155 minutes back in a year. That's why it is a top-of-the-mind issue. And then we have so many transportation problems in the area, whether it's metro, whether it's on the roads, whether it's construction going on in the summertime and in the summer months. It's all around us. So the one thing we do do is we go to work every day, or most of us. And you think about the number of persons in this country. Let me, let me give it to you this way. Let, let's think about it. How much do we drive a year? 
So those of us who live in cities tend to drive less because of proximity to urban centers. Yeah. So we tend to drive less. So somewhere between eleven to 12,000 miles a year. But if you live in a place like Gaithersburg or in Frederick or in Fredericksburg or in King George County or in Prince George's County or even in Montgomery County, you may drive more to get to a job center. Mm-hmm. So you may be putting 15,000 miles a year in your car. But the average one of us in this country is driving the equivalency of two round trips per year from Washington, D.C. to San Francisco. Huh. And let me put it another, another way to make it more understandable for all of us. That's like driving four trips across the country to San Francisco in a year's time. That's how much we drive. Yeah. And we're not only driving more we're spending more time behind the wheel, perhaps as much as 10 to 20% more than we were four years ago. And if you look at the Beltway, and you look at the amount of congestion that's increasing on the Beltway, you can look at the fact that, for example, down by the Wilson Bridge, where you now have the National Harbor, the amount of cars crossing from Alexandria into Prince George's County every year has increased by almost 40,000 cars a day. I didn't Uh, say a year. Right. 40,000 cars a day. A day. You go to the opposite end, to the American Legion Bridge, and in the last four or five years, the number of cars crossing from Virginia into Maryland, down by the Clara Barton Parkway, and you know that quite well, has increased by almost 22,000 cars per day. Now... If you look at it in the cosmic scheme of things, but that's not as bad as, as as some places. For example, I just went through a place today from New Hampshire Avenue up to the Prince George's County line. Yeah. That sees almost 260,000 cars a day. So when you look at it in the cosmic scheme of things, Bernie, just going through that one stretch alone, you're looking at a density of cars in a year's time that is 16 times the state's population, which is 6.06 million people. Yeah. And we're seeing 16 times as much on the oh, Beltway. man. <clears throat> Excuse me. And were it not for the ICC, which is the Inter-County Connector, which yeah. is seeing about 55,000 cars a day. Now, you say, John, you're throwing out all these numbers. <laughs> They're mind-numbing. They don't mean anything. But what I'm saying to you is, if you look at it, and you're competing with 95 million cars a year on some parts of the Beltway, not to speak of the I-270 corridor, right? we're just dying. It is like what happens when a person has a heart attack, (laughs) and all the major four arteries going to the heart are clogged, and that's what's happening. And it's not just inside Maryland. Bernie. It is also in Northern Virginia. It is also in the District of Columbia, where you have in a district alone each day 1.9 million vehicle trips a day. And, you know, don't get me on a soapbox, (laughs) but where are we investing our monies for infrastructure in projects that aren't moving people and only move one to two percent of the people. We should be investing in metro. 
We should be right-sizing the system. We should be stabilizing the system so that work that's going on at the metro stops beyond National Airport are essential things to do. The building of metro to Dallas is an essential thing to do. And now that's been delayed. And that's being delayed because of (laughs) problems with construction and shoddy construction Mm. and problems with the construction. Someone said to me the other day, well, AAA represents motorists. And I said, we do. But we represent a multimodal idea, which is that the only work, only way rather, that transportation works in our area, and the only way you can move people is through a multimodal approach. You have to have metro. You have to have bike lanes. You have to have pedestrians, people walking to work. But then again, everybody can't walk to work. Because the cost of living and the cost of housing is so expensive in the Washington metro area. <laughs> you know, we were just the other day driving through Washington, D.C. And we saw in an old neighborhood that's being gentrified. People don't like that word because of the racial buzzword. It's a racial buzzword yeah, in many yeah. circles. But they were selling one-bedroom condos for... A million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Or a two-bedroom condo for mm-hmm. $2 million. Yeah. Bernie, <laughs> you got to make a lot of money to be able to afford that. Yeah, it's out of my price range. <laughs> and it's out of the price range of many people. Yeah. And when you look at what the average price of housing is in the District of Columbia, especially when people are talking about, well, you know what, you need to move to the ballpark district in Washington, D.C. You don't, you don't need a car. But most of us can't afford to live in a ballpark district. Yeah, because that's pricey too. I was looking it's at very it. pricey. It's a, it, I have a really silly hobby of, even though I'm never going to buy anything again, I have a, a silly hobby of looking at real estate and what's going for what. And I was ex, I was surprised at how expensive it is right there. There's new developments right there at the ballpark, and I also bet, real around the corner at the the waterfront. Beautiful locations, yes. but you know. So when those things are out of price range for the average person, and and then you look at not only Montgomery County, where the average price of a house is almost $500,000. And then you swing to Prince George's County and you're looking at between three seventy-five and 400000 So what we have done in the what we call the inner ring of the Washington metro area, yeah. and then you have the outer ring, which would be far-flung counties like up toward um, Frederick, Maryland, yeah, or toward Fredericksburg, Virginia. Right, right. So people are moving further and further out to places like Charles County in Maryland, Howard County, to be able to afford housing. And that's especially true if you're married with children. Now, those households have a tendency to have more than two cars because that's how you survive. You don't have access to mass transit. And what I am discouraged by and disheartened by are those elitists who blame people who have to live out because they can't afford to live in close. And we should do all we can do to help everyone become a viable part of the community and have the kind of lifestyles they want. And if your preference is to have a four-bedroom colonial with a basement and a backyard so your kids can play and don't have to play in the street, 
yeah. or your child doesn't become a victim of, excuse me, urban crime, then that should be a choice. But we um, are on the edge of the spear here. And it's not just in the Washington metro area, it's that way across the country. Yeah. But to answer your initial question, and I think it had to do with the price of gas. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was coming up. That was yeah, we were so, segueing. So we're talking with John Townsend from AAA Mid Atlantic about transportation. Yeah, gas prices. Though, if we can take a vacation, or even if we can't, gas prices affect us a lot. So, what's what's the latest with that? Well, it's interesting because gas prices, for the first time in four weeks, have remained stable over the weekend. Going into this weekend, also. And here we are several weeks away from the 4th of July, and we saw prices escalate right before the holiday, as it always does. Yeah. But there are several things that impinged upon that. One would be the massive fire and explosion at the refinery in Philadelphia, which yeah. took that major refinery offline, which initially we didn't know how much of an impact would have on the East Coast gasoline prices, but it did have a, a big impact in terms of what people saw, and they saw somewhat of a sticker shock. They were kind of surprised to see gas prices edge up to around 285 or 290 a gallon. And now, as of Monday of this week, it dropped or stabilized at 276 a gallon. Now, that may sound encouraging to a lot of people, and though it's down, it's still 10 cents more than it was at this time last month, which was before the 4th of July. Yeah. And then eight cents less than it was at this time last year. Now, Bernie, people understand that. They, they, you cannot fool people. Yeah. It's like Lincoln said. You can fool some of the people some of the time. And a lot of people a lot of the time. But you can't fool all of the people all, all of the, the time. time right. And nobody is fooled about the price of gas because it's such a part of our lifestyle and such a part of our consciousness and such a part of our psyche because we know what – a gallon of gas is, but we may not know what a gallon of tea is. Yeah. Or you may not know what a gallon of milk is or a gallon of orange juice. But we do know because it's on every street corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you drive around this station, you go to the corner. Yeah. You see gas stations on both sides of the street. Yeah, that's a, on, on that corner right around from our building, the, three of the four corners have gas stations. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone can just look, mm-hmm. and you can see what the price is. And so people know it. Now, there is something happening in this country that we never thought would occur, and that is that people have grown accustomed to the price of gasoline escalating or increasing in the summer months. They don't like it. They know it's going to happen. They think they're being exploited. They think they're being taken advantage of. And now this year, unlike past years, there's more uncertainty because of the unrest with what's going on with Iran and the fact that they took over the tanker last week in the, the uh, Gulf of Hormuz or the Strait of Hormuz, and 20% of the global crude supply comes through that strait, 
and it's a very volatile situation. But we are fortunate, Bernie, in that there's an over, this is a strange thing to say, <laughs> it's an oversupply of gas of crude on the market right now. It's just flooded. Yep. And that's one thing and one reason why the prices have not escalated. So in spite of what happened with the situation with the British oil tanker, uh, that situation is very, very tense. And this is the time for cooler heads to prevail. Because if it gets into a shooting war, one of the casualties not only would be American lives, but the lives of people from several countries, including countries in the Middle East. It is a powder keg that could have been easily avoided. But when you have saber rattling mm. and bellicose language, you can easily escalate a situation. And this is a time for diplomacy and statescraft to diffuse this situation because it not only would have an impact on American lives in terms of casualties, possibly, God forbid, yeah. but also in terms of the stability to our economy. The United States now is in a very good position in terms of our shell production, that we're no longer dependent on the global supply. Mm -hmm. We are self-efficient and self-reliant, and now we're one of the major oil exporters and petroleum exporters in the world. But here's the folly of that understanding, and that is that it's spongible and it's global, the global market, that is, crude, it's a global commodity. Yeah. Therefore, we trade it and sell it on the, on the global market for the highest price. So it doesn't benefit us in direct, it doesn't benefit us directly. It benefits us indirectly. It benefits the petroleum sector in this country. But it helps us from a stability standpoint for our economy. But for the average consumer, he doesn't know where it goes. All he knows is that the price that he pays is impacted by the global market. And that price is not being controlled so much by OPEC anymore, but we are a major player now. But that oil is not being sold domestically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, another thing that's another transportation issue that affects our wallets is car theft. And I oh, yes. You told me before we started that there's some there's some changes or, or maybe some increases there. What's What's going on? Well, you know, it's really interesting that July is National Auto... I'm sorry, it's National Vehicle Theft Prevention Month. And a lot of people don't realize this, but more cars are stolen in the summer months than any other time of the year, especially in July and in August. In Virginia, for example, we know that car th thievery escalates in a month, and that's when they show the largest number of car thefts. The same thing is true in Maryland where you have a spike in car thefts and auto thefts in July and in August when we have a tendency to let our guard down, mm -hmm. or for example, the heat wave we just went through, where everybody was trying to stay cool, you would crack your windows or leave your windows cracked, yeah. or have them roll down, or forget to roll them up, and then a thief would come by and have easy access to your car. Because in many cases, auto thefts are crimes of opportunity. 
But there's another thing that's happening, too, that's very disconcerting, Bernie, and that is theft from cars. Or just the stuff in, in the, the car. Not only the, yeah. theft, the stuff in cars, for example, if you leave change in your console and yeah. a thief sees that, that may be a motive for breaking in the car. If you leave a cell phone or an electronic product that he's right. interested yeah. in, he will break the windows and steal that part, part rather. The other thing they're doing, the late model cars, Bernie, have become increasingly more difficult to steal. So what are thieves doing? They are now stealing tires and rims yeah. because they can fence those things for $1,500, $2,000. We had a situation recently where a young man in our office at AAA even, his car was hit by tire thieves, mm. and they stole the tires, the rim, the wheel, and it cost him, in terms of the insurance loss, was about six thousand yeah. dollars. And most people don't re, uh, don't realize that. And so, if you have uh, cars that are very popular, these are cars that are so plentiful because they're the top selling cars in the country right. that the thieves are targeting. <laughs> such as a Toyota Corolla or the Nissan Altima or the Camry by Toyota or the Honda Civic. And they're targeting tires and rims uh, because it can be easily sold on the black market because if you have so many of those types of cars, the best-selling cars, then there's a huge demand for those parts. And in our area, for example, in Virginia last year, there were 11,000 cars and trucks stolen. In the District of Columbia last year, 2,400. And we don't know the number in the state of Maryland, but we know from the previous year, it was 13,533. And places like Prince George's County are hotbeds for auto thieves to ring or to reign their terror. Yeah. And I, I inadvertently used the word ring, and that's probably what, remember I said a moment ago, it was probably a crime of opportunity. Right. But we know, too, that there are auto theft rings involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were still a car in the district and taken into Prince George's County or vice versa. So these auto theft rings would normally convince young teenagers under the age of 18 to steal the cars for them because they're juveniles and they're released. So you say, hey, how would you like to make a couple of hundred dollars? Steal this car, driving into the district, and because you live in this county, then you're not going to be, the book is not going to be thrown at you. They're going to be releasing you. Yeah. And they know how to exploit the system. But there are several things you can do to protect your car and one, number one, is to always lock the car. You'll be astonished, Bernie, at the number of cars that are stolen where people have left keys in the car. Mm. Other mistake that people make in the summer months is, so you pull up to a gas station, it's extremely hot in July and August, and you leave the car running, and you go inside to pay cash or go up to the window and pay cash but you left the keys in the car. Yeah. You left the car running because it's so hot because you want the car to be cool by the time you fill up and a thief will crouch down, sneak to the other side of the car, 
And in the case of a woman, they would sometimes go in and steal the purse. And in the case of a man, they would sometimes go in and get into the back seat to carjack the car. Or they would just jump and enter the car from the passenger side and then jump into the driver's side and take off while the person is still gassing up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I, I'm extra cautious in, in cases like that. Um, well, I think we have time for one more topic, and that's, oh, God, it's coming up. School, just a few weeks away, school coming back. What are some things we should be thinking about in terms of school zones, school buses, that kind of thing? Well, in the next couple of weeks, the state of Maryland, especially the State Highway Administration, police departments in several counties, including Prince George's County and Montgomery County and in the District of Columbia and in Northern Virginia, will be reminding motorists to slow down in school zones and to keep their eyes peeled for kids. Now, we're going into what is called the summertime lull on our highways. Mm-hmm. It's not just Congress, this is the way in August, it's also the White House. And it's a com- customary time of the year when a lot of people take vacation. So when we're on vacation, especially in the first two weeks of August, we have a tendency to forget about the absence of school buses on our roadways. And that's one reason why trips are much faster on the Beltway in the summertime and on local roads because they don't have the, the uh, school buses out there. But with school opening soon, you have to get accustomed again to sharing the road with the yellow school buses. In Montgomery County last year, in 2000, the 2017-2018 school year, they had a number of school buses armed with stop-arm school bus cameras, and they called over 50, ticketed, not just called, but ticketed, over 50,000 motorists mm-hmm. who zipped past stop school buses that were either loading or unloading children with a stop-arm out. Mm-hmm. That's unconscionable, Bernie. Yeah. That you and 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 about ten percent of that fifty thousand, about five hundred people, were repeat violators who had been caught several times running past stop school buses. So you had to become accustomed to once again after a three month law, the summertime law, of school buses being on the roads again, taking kids to and from school. And remember that in some parts of the Washington metro area, 70 to 80% of all school children ride the bus school, especially elementary school. So be extra careful in school zones. Watch for kids who are walking to and from school, bicycling to school, and playing in school zones or just being kids. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a little boy, my father brought me a backpack. They're big things now, but even in the 50s they were big. <laughs> but I remember my kids and my grandchild, they just loved backpacks. My father had given me um, a backpack that was military green. Mm-hmm. He may have gotten it at an Army surplus store. Right, but I thought right. I was the coolest kid in school. <laughs> and I didn't even ride the bus, yeah. but I was by the bus stop. And I was showing off my backpack, uh-huh. you know. And I stepped in front of a bus, and fortunately, a school, I remember this to this day, a school teacher grabbed me by the backpack and Mm. pulled me back. I was so, being a kid, that I didn't even see a school bus coming up to the bus stop. And I didn't even ride the school bus. I was just out there just 
Showing off. Showing off, yeah. And kids do those kinds of things because they think with a child's mind. Oh, yeah. So what you need to do is slow down in the school zone. And remember, they're not fully developed adults. Yeah. They're thinking with a child mind. And they have fun on their minds. They have friends on their minds. Kids and friends haven't seen for two or three months, and they are excited. And they can do kitty things. Oh, yeah. Be extremely careful. Absolutely. All right. And with that, uh, we must end this conversation, but uh, we'll catch up with you again after after Labor Day. That's true. Yeah. I look forward to it, Bernie. It's always great being with you. John Townsend, AAA Mid-Atlantic. Thanks again, John. Thank we'll you, see Bernie. you soon. Always great being with you. All right. All right. I'm Bernie Lucas. We're talking with John Townsend from AAA Mid-Atlantic about transportation issues. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.